Hey everybody, welcome back to the Equipped Bruised Tired podcast. Today it is Ryan and I, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the recent cancellation of Open Worlds and um, get to see, uh, a viewer question here, uh, as well as we we may or may not have Rhea on the episode a little bit later. That remains to be seen, but uh, how are you doing today, Ryan? Uh, pretty good. You might notice uh, either through my audio or my video if you're watching this that I am not in my home, but uh, I am instead at our gym. Um, we're getting siding done, and they took today as the day to uh, attach the siding outside my office. And stuff felt sounded like it was going to fall off the wall, so I decided it probably was the best environment to try to record a podcast in. So I have pivoted and run to the gym with my headphones and laptop. And now I'm sitting here sweating in the gym trying to record a podcast in the dark. So This is all for you, listeners. <laughs> Thank Ryan. I suffer. I suffer. <laughs> and I'm standing because there's nowhere to sit in the gym. I was so. wondering about that when you went to go yeah. turn off the incredibly loud dehumidifier at the gym. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm using the reverse hyper for its, its natural purposes, which is uh, leaning. Yes, the coffee so, table. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I have my coffee on the, the, the reverse hyper and I'm leaning on it, which is where you should be leaning in a gym. So About 90% uh, of what's done on that. Yeah, that's uh, maybe higher than 90%, I think, in most really, gyms. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think I've actually we, we, seen some people before. Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. Few and far what do between. they do on this? Like a baby changing table? or <laughs> That's not true. Like, Rhea, Rhea uses ours uh, a fair amount. Um, I used to use it. Like, when my back was pretty bad, I used it pretty, pretty continuously. That's actually when I got it made. Uh, I got it built locally. Yeah. And it was when my back was super bad, and so. Did you find that it helped at all? Because that was one of the big like claims to fame for the the reverse hyper is like, oh, it'll it'll bulletproof your back. Louis Simmons swears that if you've ever hurt in your back in any way, shape, or form, it will fix it magically ten times out of ten. <laughs> I mean, uh, so the reason why initially I, I I got a built was in 2012. Uh, we're going to nationals in Calgary. I think it was 2012. And uh, the day before we got in the truck to drive there, I hurt my back. My last workout, I hurt my back and miserably drove to Calgary. And uh, we went to... Were you at least in like a nice spacious minivan or something? No, I was in... Uh, at the time, I owned a RAV4. Uh, okay, that's so not bad. Kind of like a minivan, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and the gym at the time, which I can't remember the name of, it was the gym that... Uh, Abby used to train at Strive. Uh, Strive, yeah. Um, yep. They had a reverse hyper there, mm -hmm. and I used it, and it made me feel a lot better. So uh, I decided, hey, like, what the heck? I'll get one built. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not going to say it cured my back at all, but it definitely seemed to help in certain ways. Right. Um, so I think it definitely has its purposes, and it's. Uh, I think you can use it poorly, and you can use it well, but right. just like anything. Um, I, I don't really, I don't like the Louis Simmons, like, super aggressive swing your legs under all the way, shear your lumbar spine look. Okay. But yeah. I suppose if you do have, um, like, anterior bulging, that might actually help to, uh, you know, reduce that. I, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a doctor, so don't, don't listen to me in any way. Listen to <laughs> Louis Simmons instead. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the the ancient Russian texts, of course. Yes, yes, the Russian texts. So um, uh, yeah, it, it might have helped my back. Um, but so we've had it for a lot of years, and it's gotten use on and off over the years. 
I think the big thing with that is just like if it's a way that you can like continue to train your back and or strengthen your back and it's not a painful range of motion then I could totally see it being a useful rehab tool just by virtue of those first two things right like it allows you to continue to train your back move your back strengthen your back and it doesn't hurt there you go like that's yeah that's pretty much the definition I think of a, of a good rehab tool so as much as I uh, will be sassy and sarcastic about it uh, I think it's it's I mean, I'm sure there are people listening right now who are, you know, probably credit the reverse hyper with some success in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But absolutely. it's also a great coffee table and place to hang out at the gym. <laughs> ours, probably has, ours probably has more rings from bottles on it than, yeah. than Seth's ever done on it. So That's fair. That's fair. So, so how's yeah, training for you, Ryan? Uh, it's been rich. pretty good. Yeah. Um, little... Little hiccup last week. Uh, Mike took it uh, worse than I did. I think my bench. I, I benched two twelve last night or last Sunday, which was supposed to be. Yeah. Like I had I had to bench two twelve as a at an eight to project my my two twenty seven and a half bench. So uh, last week I hit it at about a nine, and uh, Mike called it a curveball. <laughs> I just thought it was a bad week, but yeah. So so we're gonna rehit. Uh, 212 this week, and and we'll we'll go from there, is what he said. So now I've lost a little bit of faith in myself. He's right. he's shaking he's shaking me to my core. But uh, <laughs> I didn't get trained yesterday, so we'll be doing that today a little later and see how that goes. But uh, you guys, yeah, otherwise, you were away somewhere. Yeah, we went away to uh, a child's birthday party, which is you know nothing like a six year old birthday party. For, yeah, yeah. So we uh, yeah we had a bit of a family day yesterday. Cool. Um, so yeah, it took a Ray said, uh, without any uh, meets on the horizon, um, you know, mm-hmm. we could probably push training ba- back a day and, and be okay. So, right, which I don't disagree with. Definitely need some balance sometimes. Totally, but, totally. So yeah, we'll see how that goes today. And then squat and deadlift have been progressively going up every week, ten to fifteen nice. kilos. So yeah, and still staying pain free. So I'll and where are you watch. at in terms of like the progression back to sort of normal operating zone for you, strength wise? Uh, so I'm doing sets of five, and I think last week I deadlifted two forty for five, and squatted two twenty five for five, and I'm really terrible with some numbers, so. I think my best set of five on deadlift would be like 270 ish. Okay. And okay. my best squat would be like 250, 255 maybe. Right. So, so you're, I mean, you're at the point where it's training. Yeah. It's you know 90%. I mean? it's, not, it's yeah. 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 It's definitely, it's definitely not just like, hey, I'm moving through this motion and, and yeah. it doesn't, you know, I'm just basically like the first few weeks of this, I was basically pausing all my reps in the bottom of the squat because I was super tentative. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I mean, I could probably still do it, but it would sure make it a heck of a lot harder. But <laughs> two twenty-five or five felt challenging last week, so and that's probably the yeah. first time it's really felt challenging. So, and that's that's awesome. That when you can get back to the point where it's challenging but not painful, yeah. that's a that's a big at least even just mental win. So I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah, it makes it a little more fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, I just bench a lot, like a <laughs> lot, a lot, and uh, do. Uh, lateral lunges, which Oof. still still leave my legs twitching, so. still quivering. Yeah, yeah. So, how about you? Back in the gear? Yeah, 
So I've been, uh, this will be week three now. So I had a bit of an intro week with like some lower volume because uh, my dev block is a little bit, uh, my expected time to peak is shorter than the time I would have into the, the meet in September here. Uh, I've, I've signed up for provincials. I don't know how long it's been since we did a podcast, but I signed up for provincials. It'll be September 20, I think 7th, the Sunday morning I lift. Um, and yeah, that was just a way to try to get some motivation and some direction back into training. Uh, I think mentally worlds was out of the realm of possibility for me a while ago, but, uh, you know, after, after the last block being pretty shitty at the end there, uh, it took me until probably like today was probably the first good raw squat I've had in like a month and a half. And just, it's one of those things where I can, my squat will almost always come back. I just have to kind of have to wait for it to do so. And I can't really push or up the weights without increasing pain levels until it is back. But I think, you know, today I was able to go up 10 kilos from the last two weeks um, and there was no pain. So getting back on track with it. Yeah, that's a win for sure feeling uh, a little bit more natural and confident and comfortable with the raw squat. And uh, I think that usually goes hand in hand with my equipped squat going well, which I mean, it has for the last two weeks already. Uh, it's just, it just feels heavy as hell on my back. Like, Oh man, even like three, what did I squat? Like three fifty-five or something. I was just, it felt like a ton on, uh, unracking it. So it'd take a little bit, a little bit to get used to that again, but yeah. That feels okay. The deadlift suit felt a little bit off the past few weeks. I gained another kilo or so, so I'm almost filled up my weight class, but that kilo, again, just directly translated to my deadlift. Uh, I think getting a little bit thrown off, so we'll see. We'll see how the pull goes. I'm still in the same deadlift suit as I was you know, two to three kilos ago, so uh, I think I can learn to use it. Uh, it's just going to take a few weeks more, I think. So, yeah, hopeful. Um, and I think trying really hard not to just hinge all of my expectations for provincials on numbers, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I think, you know, we spoke before we started recording about just talking a little bit about trying to stay motivated and what training looks like and where it fits into life. Um, given the fact that we're all just kind of in some sort of weird limbo stasis type thing with our training. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if I put up something, you know, something big at provincials. I might not, I might hit some like 90% third attempts and, you know, try to just get things on track to, uh, to perform when it really counts, which, you know, I I think it doesn't for a while. Yeah. I think that's, I've done meets where you're just kind of, I don't want to say tune up, but just trying to keep the rust off. Right. Like Mm -hmm. just, just, uh, you know, it's fun to compete. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's tough cause Ray and I have been talking about the same thing about how do you kind of, what do you do to both stay motivated when, you know, there's no real meets coming up or even if we run like Saskatchewan provincials, mm-hmm. we're running it. So it makes it harder to lift at. And, right, um, yeah. like I, I'm, a I feel old sometimes, and okay. so I, I have to play the, um, the, um, the, the benefits, cost-benefit analysis to, mm-hmm. you know, competing and going, going all out and stuff, right? Sure. So is it, is it really worth the, 
the possible risks of competing at a local meet at a provincials to maybe hurt myself and you know I, I, it's a terrible mentality sometimes but uh you know i think i've, I've been a very um I, i'm a bit gun shy in my age and right. um so uh, i don't know if i would sign up for a local meet right now um yeah. as much as it sounds fun i'm worried that you know not that i think anything will happen but you know um i think if we weren't running it i'd probably try and do something raw maybe if i could be actually in shape to compete um, right or maybe like raw with a bench shirt sort of thing yeah that's, yeah, yeah. You know, that's knee, the most knee wraps fun. in a bench shirt kind of thing yeah yeah the starter yeah. the starter kit yeah um so i know um I'll speak for Rhea because I know she's she may or may not join us later. Depends how her day's going, but um, she's continuing to training as if I mean not as if world's happening, but you know staying on the same sort of training cycle with mm-hmm. gear, and um, you know it's been suggested to her that she should do like a mock meet the weekend of of nationals and or not nationals of worlds, mm-hmm. and just see what would have happened. But I think that's the same sort of thing, like. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's it's tough to to push and train as if, you know. I really hope nationals is going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just that's don't slated know. slated for what February March ish. I think early March. Somewhere in there. Early yeah. March. And so what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, what do you think about the whole mock meet thing or the gym test? Like, have you done many of those? I have a very like sort of specific opinion about them but what what, like what do you think about that whole thing what's your experience been so i've i don't think i've ever actually done one myself Oh, really okay i have i have coached athletes to do them Mm -hmm. um especially in times when you know there's just no way they're going to do a meet whether um it's not working time-wise for job or whatever or you know whatever's happening they're just not going to be able to get a meet in like yeah. Let's test out and see what training's been like. So, uh, which is kind of where we're getting at with these people that I coach. That uh, right, you know, we're we're pushing five months since the last meets happened, and you know, let's see if we've been doing something in training. <laughs> like, right. yeah. So uh, I'm, but now things are starting to open up a little bit, and um, theoretically there'll be more meets happening. So hopefully we can get some actual meets in. But I, I don't mm-hmm. mind mock meets. I just uh, um yeah i've never i don't think i've ever done one myself interesting yeah um for me i just like i cannot i don't think that i would choose to do one myself probably ever again um it just like the whole thrill of competition is a very specific thing and it's contingent on a number of circumstances for me and i think that to try to like recreate that without it like without anything riding on it without any competitors without um you know a lot of those kinds of things to me it just uh, the last time i did a mock meet was probably i don't know 2016 ish 2015 maybe even but i remember like yeah, that's the one and only time i've just gone absolutely ham like just total douchebaggery in the gym to try to just like get myself mentally to where i usually get very easily uh during competitions like i slammed my head on a garage door and was just like trying to get revved up because i knew deep down that like it didn't matter whether i made this (laughs) squat or not you know like (laughs) it doesn't matter 
Yeah. Whereas I think there's like this extra layer, like it, there's some weight behind it. There's some like skin in the game, um, in competition. And for me, I found that doing mock meets, I just like, I can't get myself there. Um, like yourself, I've definitely taken athletes through it. Uh, I think in the case of a more novice or intermediate athlete, it can be really exciting to like go hit a PR, a 20 kilo PR at a nine RP, you know what I mean? But like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. That's not going to happen for me. Um, so I definitely think there's like, uh, there's different contexts for, you know, different individuals, but I think my experience with the mock me thing is, is, has pretty much turned me off of it as a whole. And we'll yeah. see how provincials goes in terms of that kind of, uh, attitude mindset. Like, I think there's five equipped lifters. There might be one other 120. Uh, but I think he's just moved up from 105. Um, so, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. I, I think even even doing, I, and you're doing provincials, but like, even if I was doing a local local meet, it would still mean more to me than doing a mock meet in the gym, mm-hmm. right? There's, I mean, there's the timing, the the restrictions of warm up equipment, the the all that sort of stuff that comes into a meet that makes it almost like you survived something totally yeah <laughs> whereas like a, a mock meet i've had like a few people that i've programmed them for have it go really well and i think um for some people it's, it helps when they have like a really hyped gym around them right so they have lots right. of people around them hyping them up and it feels more like a meat sort of thing mm-hmm. um but yeah it's for me i don't i would rather i'd rather just do like you know heavy work and not not try to pretend it's a meet or not try and do a mock meet and actually three attempts and whatever. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I'd do to that would be like doing an opener day where we, we take our opener days pretty seriously with timing and stuff. So you do your last squat and then you, you're trying to hit a 20 minute or 25 minute timer for your bench opener or something like that, which is, right. you know, the closest thing we do to a mock meet. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Once you've, and not to take anything away from people who like mock meets, but yeah, I'd, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, I guess in the olden times, I would have just tried to find a meet around the time I wanted to mock meet and then just sign right. up for that. Yeah, exactly. I think even doing like, and again, like I think provincials will be really weird. That's, uh, there's, it's every restriction you can imagine, right? Like there's, you're allowed one handler. Uh, there's no, con- no crowd, uh, no, no spectators at all. Uh, everybody's going to be in masks. There's a, only a certain number of people per platform. Like you'll kind of have an assigned platform in the back so that they can clean everything down. There's going to be extra time in there. I'm not sure like if it's between every squat or between every flight, uh, but there's going to be a lot of different things like that that are going to make it, I think, feel a little bit or a lot different than uh, you know your standard competition. But I still do think you know having the judges, having other competitors... Uh, just creates kind of a an environment that that to me is a, is a little bit different, for sure. So and as I we guess... talked about, as we talked about doing provincials, like we talked about, do you put your warm up area in the audience so that the other competitors can watch the lift? You know what I mean? Like, so there actually yeah. still is a yeah. kind of an audience, right? Um, because it's super. That's actually like, kind of, I, that's a really cool idea, man. I don't think I've, I think it might have been Rhea's idea, so I shouldn't pretend like I, I came up with it. But uh, Okay, well, Rhea, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, um, she'll get mad at me if I pretend I took that, if I made that <laughs> idea. Um, 
So it's there's just yeah, it's I don't think I see anybody, but to lift in front of nobody, I think I would see that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like when you when you have a room full of, you know, sixty or however many people, like it's obviously a wide wide variety from, you know, like ten to maybe a hundred at a very large meet, but just having something. And it's funny because at the time, like, you don't look at anybody. You couldn't tell, you know, half the time I couldn't tell you who my head judge was. And right. I'm, like, staring them right in the eyes kind of thing. Um, the whole lift, just the whole yeah, time. Just, like, just locked eye contact. eye contact, yeah. yeah. I've gotten Not a few reds, reds from the front for I don't know why. but Eye contact. Yeah. Um, but to not have anything, I think, yeah, is going to feel is going to be really, really interesting, uh, as an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had the same experience where I've gotten to deadlifts and still not known who my head referee is. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I could tell you who my head ref was at nationals. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. I don't know who, who was. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think hopefully it's hard to say. I want to say hopefully restrictions start loosening up and meets can start happening, but Right. You know, as long as it's being done safely and handled properly, like it sounds like the restrictions here are pretty severe in so much as potentially running multiple sessions will be nearly impossible because anyone involved with the first session, whether that's referees or volunteers, is not allowed to come to the second session. You can't Mm -hmm. have any mixing of volunteers and stuff. So it becomes really difficult and you run out of referees very quickly. Yeah. You can't have referees in uh, multiple sessions. So. So I'm not sure what that looks like, really. It's unprecedented times, man. That's what they say. I'm almost tired of hearing it, really. <laughs> and and the new normal. That's the other the one that's normal, uh, yeah. yeah very very often thrown around. Yeah. But I think uh, getting back to kind of like the motivation to train, um, I think it's pretty natural to struggle with motivation when you know. I, I think of training as kind of like. At least you have a carrot out there for training for something, and yeah. now there's no there's no carrot out there. So so you need the stick, I guess. Is what yeah, you're I guess so. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's pretty normal to be a little unmotivated these days, and I, I would say take it easy on yourself. If that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, do what you can do, and realize that uh, if you're not training at 100% capacity, you're still getting some work in, or you know maybe yeah. you're training a couple days a week instead of four or five days a week. You're still probably at worst you're limiting your losses right um, yeah at best you're probably still making some kind of gains mm-hmm. so um you know it's it's definitely tough to to push yourself hard in the gym when you're not sure when you'll be able to you know stand in front of a large crowd with a with a tight singlet on and, and show it off so yeah um but yeah it's it's uh i know myself even i've been using raw bench as kind of like a motivation factor to try and Mm-hmm. chase this and it's helped totally. me a little bit but even yeah. this block it's been a little bit uh hard to be motivated to be here i've been split interest a lot with other things and mm-hmm. kind of more like i'm in the gym but i really ought to be doing something else sort of thing yeah so but i think uh you know you train as hard as you can and focus when you can and and, and kind of get it in yeah i mean i think the it's tough, but I think the sort of ideal mindset would be to just think like, okay, what can I do now to benefit myself the most in, you know, 2021 
because we've seen now that they've um, they've officially moved Norway's worlds to 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that you just kind of in your head you set yourself back a year, and you're like, okay, you know, just imagine I was able to redo last year, and and come into this that much more ready, that much more prepared, and try to use the time if you can. The other side of the coin is, um, yeah, I've got an Australian client, for example, um, and they're, he's just gone into lockdown 2.0. They opened everything back up. He was back at the gym. He was able to coach um, and just kind of like, you know, get back to feeling like himself a little bit. And then they locked everything down again. Right. So for him, you know, last time we went through the lockdown, he bought a bike and started riding his bike around. We drastically changed his programming to way more hypertrophy stuff. We threw in a whole bunch of weird stuff that he wanted to try out, you know, like single leg front foot elevated zercher squats and, you know, like Platts style, like extra heel elevation, safety bar, uh, close stance squats and just like whatever he was like, hey, you know, I saw so-and-so doing this. I really want to try this out. Um you know, it makes me super sore and we're going to try to get some hypertrophy or whatever. Um, and just have been like really trying to focus on like, what do you want to do in the gym? Cause like, I don't care if it's optimal right now. Mm-hmm. I'd like find some things that you like doing. And if you want to just like train your arms every day, like whatever, your elbows are going to explode, but do it anyways. <laughs> like if that's, if that's what gets you to the gym and gets you training and keeps you doing something, you know, lean into whatever it is that you enjoy. Um, and maybe training arms every day is not the best example because you're probably not going to not gonna do much for your powerlifting career. But also I think that there's benefit in having like planned downtime and planned low stress periods where you're, you know, perhaps increasing your, your response or your adaptability, restoring some of that, uh, uh, ability to adapt to things by, you know, almost intentionally plateauing for a while. Um, and kind of using that as a concept to say like, you know what, uh, I'm going to train three days a week. And and like you were saying, you know, just kind of, uh, lean into that and, and take up, you know, put some more em- energy and emphasis into those other interests. Um, you know, you and Dylan are both big into latte art right now. And, uh, you know, now's a great time to get better at that. How's, how's the latte art, uh, how's, how's that growth coming for you? Is it getting better? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a real, uh, is that still like an all consuming thing for you? Uh, it wasn't really, I mean, latte art necessarily wasn't the all consuming thing as much as espresso was. Oh, okay. So trying to, um, learn how to tweak espresso and grind settings and espresso is extremely complex and uh you know it's been a fun adventure um and latte art has been an extension of that because i think it's fun um yeah and uh but it's it's really tough when you make like one maybe two lattes a day you don't right. get a lot of chances to really you know, yeah it's not improve. like you can just sit down and you're like okay this next hour and a half i'm going to dedicate yeah. to latte art <laughs> Not without like seriously, uh, you know, causing some gastro problems. I think <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't digest milk at the best times. So, right. um, but, uh, it's been, I don't know, it's fun. It's, uh, it's a way to, um, kind of change my mind and, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's certainly not the, the, what's 
most focused on right now. Like I'm pretty focused on uh, the businesses right now. Right. Um, we're doing uh, screen printing in-house now. So nice. uh, working on that, um, trying to do a little more design work in-house. Yeah. And uh, so just a lot of little things like that. And um, So we can look forward to some new cool uh, CPU merch or what? Uh, I can't speak too much about CPU merch because okay. uh, it's not. So the contract for CPU merch ended this year. And as of yet, it hasn't been reassigned, um, re-put out for RFP. So okay. yeah. um, I, I will bid on it when it comes up, obviously. Right. But, yeah. Uh, and hopefully we'll get it again. I think we've enjoyed doing it, and yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so it's pretty business focused lately, and it's kind of where my head's more mostly at. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's been important to. I, I think what you said about um, focus on what can make you better next year, sort of thing. Like I had a client who, when shutdown happened here, gyms all closed, like. I said, look, I can make you a home workout program or you can go use any of the free home workout programs getting published by, by any sorts of people. Totally. And, uh, you know, so, and he was literally like, hey, like, if you need the money, like, I'll keep paying you to coach me. And I'm like, it's, it's right. okay. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. I don't want you to pay me because, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. So anyway, he, he spent a lot of his time in lockdown doing a lot of, mobility work and and uh and that kind of stuff and it's it's seriously made a difference in his he's come back now gyms are open and his his squat and deadlift technique has improved a lot because he's opened up the hips and stuff like that so i think uh having the, the mentality that yeah maybe you can't perform your main list right now but you can do things to improve them when you get back to them yeah so yeah i think that's a i think that's a tough thing to try to like stay focused on when things keep getting like pushed back and back and back, you know? Um, yeah. but definitely if you can stay in that mindset and, you know, for all the anime nerds out there, this is your, your hyperbolic time chamber where you can just like train and the world goes by, but, uh, you can get a lot stronger if you use it right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't get uh, that reference, but I assume it has to do with Dragon Ball Z. It, it does actually, yes. Yeah, I, watched, <laughs> I only assume that. I watched that show when I was younger, never really got into it uh, as an adult, but I know a lot of people very yeah. much uh, get into that stuff. So I think for me, I've been, I've been reading a lot, um, a, a lot of a, a variety of things, but one of the things that I've enjoyed reading is, is some philosophy. Um, I'm working my way through Plato's Republic right now. And uh, for anybody listening who's, who might be interested in some brain gains that, uh, you know, might might particularly carry over to powerlifting mindset, uh, I would recommend looking into some of the big Stoics, so like Marcus Aurelius, um, the meditations. Uh, a lot of that is is kind of very relevant to powerlifting where it's a sort of solo sport and you can only impact your performance and, and kind of understanding that Stoic mindset. Um, but yeah, like again, we, uh, we took a, a quote-unquote holiday this week. I'm currently on my last day of it here because my Monday is the Sunday of uh, of my work week. But uh, yeah, so I, I had a pile of books that I was trying to make my way through and made it a bit further through uh, through Plato's Republic. So that was, that was an interesting read to say the least. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, like you with 
with other hobbies, I think is uh, now's a good time to kind of diversify in some of those things. And especially if it's a physical endeavor, uh, I think a lot of people have been getting into uh, going for bike rides or going for walks or spending time in the mountains or whatever it might be. Um, and I think those kinds of things maybe even indirectly can relate to powerlifting performance. So, you know, if you're one of those people that wants to start taking bike rides, you know, it's going to take you that much less time to recover from your knee wraps each attempt now, or you're going to be a little bit more ready to do the next set of wraps or a little bit less gassed when you step on the platform or go from lift to lift or, you know, recovery between sets can be impacted by that kind of sort of, uh, aerobic capacity. But, um, yeah. Anyways, kind of beating the beating the point to death here. But uh, speaking of stoicism, I know Tim Ferriss put out um, the Tao of Seneca. It's like a okay. free PDFs of the writing of um, Seneca, and I'd I'd read through some of that a few years ago, and it was quite interesting. So that's if you want to look at some stoicism stuff. That was one thing. Just Google Tim Ferriss and stoicism, and I think that comes up. Or just Google Tao of Seneca. Yeah. Cool. I might actually look at that myself. <clears throat> um, yeah, so let's why don't we jump to this question. Actually, before we jump to the question, I want to jump back to Norway. Um, okay, yeah. So Open Worlds is officially cancelled, postponed, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. I'm pretty happy that at least Norway has it next year. Um, I really I really enjoyed the trip in 2013. I'm super excited to be able to go back there. Um, I was disappointed when it finally got cancelled, even if I wouldn't have been competing there. Because I really wanted to go back, so hopefully yeah. um, everything goes through and we can get back there next year and and maybe spend some time there. It's it's yeah. still one of my favorite countries to have visited, um, so pretty pleased about that. Uh, not that Ukraine wouldn't be interesting to go to. I think they'll get it in 2022, yeah. but um, yeah. Now on the flip side of that, um, Master Worlds in South Africa was supposed to be this year, and now they get it next year. And next year's my first year Master. And um, I don't, it's, and I hate to, I, I hope I'm not going to offend any South Africans, but it's not been on my top list of places to go to in the last uh, 15 years of competing. Yeah. Um, and only, probably only because of the fact that it is a long ass travel time. Mm-hmm. Like Dubai, like Dubai was bad, mm-hmm. but you're only like halfway there when you get to Dubai. <laughs> like yeah, you have another thing. 10 hour flight down from Dubai to, to South Africa. So, yeah. So you're looking at probably 20 plus hours of travel then. Cause I think Dubai was, I don't even remember. Well, I think I Dubai wanna, was I a 13 like hour flight. Hours. Yeah. 13 hours somewhere in there. That was from Toronto. I don't know what you guys did. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was 13 hours Toronto to Dubai direct. Uh, and then I think, I think Hanny Smith, who's from South Africa said that, he does that flight now because then it's like, you know, he can lay over there and then take a direct flight in Dubai down. Mm, and, but mm. that's still like a eight or ten hour flight, I think. So yeah, oof. that's so much travel. <laughs> yeah, I think my sister was looking to go to South Africa this year, and I think their best travel time was thirty five plus hours. Man, so, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and and the problem was next year Newfoundland was supposed to, was supposed to have it, so they'll get right. it next year, I think. So that's you know I, I get pushing them back for meat directors and stuff, but I'm a little disappointed that I might be heading to South Africa. Right, or just be open again next year. 
Just yeah. pretend pretend you didn't age this year. <laughs> and then oh, you it have feels to like I your... did though. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to do your last nor uh, last open at Norway. Yeah, that's uh, true. Selena was pretty pretty ecstatic when they announced that uh, they were just going to postpone it because I was like I've been learning Ukrainian and learning some of the Cyrillic alphabet and and uh, spending some time with like a, a just an app on my phone a few minutes a day kind of thing to try to have a bit of an understanding of some of the language there. But mm -hmm. uh, and I'm also like my background is Ukrainian or my heritage is Ukrainian, but I'm uh, so I'm really looking forward to that one. I was thinking, yeah, I might I might cut down by that point. I don't know how much longer I want to stay 120, if I'm being back totally to, honest with you. Back to 83? Yep. Yep. <laughs> back down to 59 kilos. <laughs> yeah, that's that's maybe, you know, it's uh, that's interesting. It's been a big quality of life adjustment for me. Uh, like, Selena's out hiking today, and uh, I just, like, I'm having a hard time getting over the lack of hiking ability this summer. Right. I've done two or three, but they've been like much smaller, probably half the size of the usual hikes that we've done in the past. And I'm like leveled afterwards. My legs are sore for like two days. I got to push training back. When I do get back to training, it's, I'm just like fried. Uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. I want Ray to listen to this so that she understands. <laughs> she understands my, my life. Yeah, so I just like I and I think that at 105 I kind of had a good sort of marriage of the both. Like I was still relatively competitive as well as able to just like hike whenever I wanted and do pretty much whatever I wanted without having to haul the extra mass of me up the mountain. So I think there's some something something there where I might be a little bit happier in the long run cutting back down to 105, but we'll see. I've committed to this um so, you know, I want to at least get a few more worlds in and see if I can, you know, maybe crack the podium in Norway here. Uh, but, yeah, I think long term by by Kiev, I might be on my way back down. Yeah, so I've, we'll been, see. I've been on my way back down for a lot of years, too. <laughs> I still have it pretty fresh in my memory, though. Yeah. Like when when was the last time you were 120? Uh, 20. Uh, 11, 2012. I think when I got when we got married in 2012, I was about 122, 123. So, and what's the lowest you've been in like the last couple of years? 137, something like that. Yeah, and is that still the goal for you is to get down to 120? You know, it's not a very, it's it's a poor goal. I need to set set better short term goals to get to that long term goal. I think. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's been. I think when training isn't a priority, eating isn't a priority, and that gets mm. tough for me. I was kind of doing bad. a little bit of uh, a little bit of fasting, almost like pushing my first meal back till lunchtime. Mm -hmm. But that kind of gives me a right to, or uh, I don't want to say a right, but it gives me permission to kind of eat like an asshole for half a day instead, which <laughs> okay. I don't think is really what the point of that is. So, <laughs> so I'm still trying to find a balance, really. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I, I think I, I'd still, I think overall long-term health, I think going down is the, the right way to go. I was just hoping to be able to get in, you know, a master worlds maybe at Super before doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, 2022, because you're still an open <laughs> next year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I can, 
Maybe I can convince myself to fly down to South Africa. Maybe it'll be worth it. Who knows? Yeah. It's a long ass trip. It is. It is. I'm sure it's a beautiful, like, I think people have gone there and gone, done safaris and stuff like that. Like, of all, mm-hmm. you know, they've all loved it. I just, yeah. They don't, they don't talk about the 36, 40 hour travel time to get there. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we have a question. Yeah, we should do. We, we have a question. Should we address yeah. that? Question from Michael about bed shirts. Uh, he says he often hears straight sleeves are for flat benchers and angled sleeves are for arch benchers. However, the internet tells me that everyone should use angled. Uh, do you guys know any successful benchers who use straight sleeves? I have a small arch and long bench stroke due to short torso and long arms. Touching is challenging and usually just a tad lower than I would like. Considering making the switch on my next shirt and wanted advice. I don't know anyone who uses a, a straight sleeve. To be totally honest, I had a side of client. Um, he's got, a, I think, a couple of national records, and probably he's benched, outbenched the world record uh, in his his weight class. He's a masters three now, I think. But anyways, he forever and ever benched in a straight sleeve, and just recently switched uh, within the last like year or two to an angled sleeve, and he swears by it now. He, he loves the lower touch. Uh, he says he gets a lot more out of it, that it feels a little bit more natural. Um, I know I benched in a straight sleeve one time uh, because it was a hand-me-down shirt from him, actually, and didn't really like it, couldn't understand why it just didn't feel quite right. I was getting a little bit thrown around, um, and then after switching to an angled sleeve, was, you know, it, was, it was kind of a night and day difference. So uh, I don't know that I know anybody who uses a straight sleeve shirt. Um, and I've always heard, yeah, like for flat bencher, straight sleeves the way to go. But you got to think, you know, the the fabric's going to be sewn straight in, like a literal T. So unless you're wanting to touch like pretty high up on your chest, and that very flared out sort of elbow position is what you're benching with, you're probably going to want an angled sleeve, I would think. Anyways, I mean, don't take my word on that. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been through a lot of bench shirts. But they've all been angled sleeve. Right. I think, uh, funny story, my first bench shirt, my first katana was a was an ang- uh, straight sleeve. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was the first katana I've ever seen. And you know how a katana has the seam come down and wrap around um, the outside of the elbow, yep. right? My straight sleeve came down and wrapped around the inside of my elbow. And okay. I was the only person that had a straight sleeve. Everyone else had an angled sleeve, and they all came around the outside. And I'm like, oh, that must be the difference. Angled sleeve comes around the front, the underside of the elbow, instead of the, the top side. And, and it wasn't until a few years later that I got another straight sleeve, or saw another straight sleeve, and I was like, hey, that's not how that, that's not how that goes. I'm pretty sure my, my straight sleeve was just a weird random one-off. They sewed the wrong sleeves on the wrong arms sort of thing. Because <laughs> it was such a, it was like one of the first katanas that really came out, so... And they sewed um, the arms like I think they must sew the arms to the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> so I still have that bench shirt actually. I tried it recently and it didn't work very well. So interesting. Um, uh, the only person I know uses a straight sleeve is my sister, right. and she likes it more than an angled sleeve. She, yeah. uh, the the low touch position on the angled sleeve really is really tough for. Her. Um, she has a pretty flat arch and pretty long arms, sort of the same situation. Um, and yeah, she, we've tried lots of angled sleeves and stuff and 
the straight sleeve seems to work better for her. So I think yeah. it so much comes down to try it and see if you can find one, yeah, absolutely. especially if you find a used one. Um, yeah. I think there's a, probably a significantly lower percentage of people using straight sleeves out there, though. Yeah. Which, I which think probably tells you something. It's one of those things where, like, unfortunately, there's a relatively high kind of cost to try it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're if you're just humming and hawing, and you know maybe this will be the thing, it's tough to go out and, and drop whatever two hundred plus dollars on a shirt to try it, and then, you know, maybe it doesn't work. So, yeah. I would definitely say, and and sort of echo what you were saying there. If there's any way that you can, just find a straight sleeve to try, even if it's a slightly you know too big or slightly too small, you can still probably get a bit of a feel out of it. Uh, and yeah, if there's any way you can try one before you buy one, I would absolutely recommend to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, yeah, shirts are not cheap to, and I think your resale market for us straight sleeves is probably going to be a lot worse too. Cause like I could easily say, you know, buy a shirt, try it and then resell it. Cause you're going to sell it for a good percentage of what you bought it for pretty yeah. well. Yeah. But I, I don't know about the straight sleeve, if there's going to be as big of a market for it. Yeah. Uh, that said, if you can find a used one, you might be able to get it for a better price. Yeah, because there's much of a market. Maybe less demand. Yeah, totally. So if people don't know, there is a, a Facebook group called like USPL, USAPL Gear Swap. Buy, sell, buy, yeah. sell, trade, gear swap or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where I've bought some stuff over the years. And um, yeah, it's it's been good for a lot of people to find some used stuff out there. So if you don't, if you didn't know about that, maybe that's a place that can help you find some yeah. used stuff. Probably a lot easier if you're in North America with that group. For but sure. I, I don't know what like international shipping is for something like that. Um, but I've definitely recommended a number of clients go there. Recommended a number of people go there, just sort of in general. Um, and I've looked through there myself. I don't think I've ever bought anything, but uh, I think one of my clients sold some stuff on there. So. Yeah, it's a good little community if you're interested in getting some secondhand stuff to try out. Yeah, for sure. It's been, I think it's been good for a few people I know to to get a couple of used pieces, especially if you're not like a, um, maybe the most common sizes because those seem to go pretty quick. Yeah. Like the, the the really middle ranges they seem to fly off that that group. But yeah, it's yeah. worth worth looking for at least. Put a put a wanting to buy out there too. Tell people you want it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. So. Cool. I don't know if there's anything else you want to chat about. Uh, a little short of an episode. Uh, we're we're working on getting some guests lined back up. It's been a little bit busy for us uh, mm-hmm. the last few weeks, so um, we will definitely uh, keep this rolling. And and we have some guests we want to line up for uh, the next few episodes. So yeah, we will try to get those in the pipeline. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's about it for me, man. Cool. Well, good luck with your training. Yeah, and, you too. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you have any questions, always shoot us an email at equipbruisetired at gmail.com or leave a comment below or DM either of us mm-hmm. um, on whatever platform you'd like. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. 
All right. We want to thank you for listening to the Equipped, Bruised, and Tired podcast. We're going to be available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever fine podcasts are found. So make sure to leave your five-star rating if you enjoyed the show and a review as well and or check out our video version of the show on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions for ourselves, guest suggestions, or questions for our guests, you can go ahead and contact us at equippedbruisedtired at gmail.com and make sure to do your part to spread the word of the equipped renaissance. We'll see you next time.